Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Frankly Speaking on Friday's podcast. I am your host, Frank Pador. And guess what? It is that time again, the time of the week where you're listening to the podcast and I say, hey, another week has gone by and you survived. You did it. Another another seven days here on this earth during unquestionable times, during questionable happenings and circumstances and the world just got it seems for, you know, three and a half years now has just been nothing but chaos three three and a half maybe four years now it has no not four years yeah i'll go with three anyway during those uncertain times and the times that we live within now doesn't mean that we still can't celebrate small victories within our lives doesn't mean that we have to choose to be down by the news media, choose to be down by daily happenings within our lives, within our family members' lives, and just in general. So, another week, and here we are again on episode 25 of the Frankly Speaking on Friday's podcast. It is currently 8.11 p.m., March 11th, 2022, 8.11 p.m. Eastern Time, I mind you. And it's going to be an interesting podcast, to say the least. It is going to be discussing a couple of topics, but all of them wrapped around into one. There's going to be an introduction, a reason as to what and why we're talking about. There's going to be why, uh, the, the middle part is why, The first part was introduced, and then there's going to be a follow-up as to what this description is, at least within the uh, description of the podcast that you were and can view right now. And, of course, my weekly update to you, which is going to be not uplifting. It's kind of going to be misconstrued, I want to say, but... We'll get into that when we get there. But anyway, no matter what it is that you've done, if you made your bed all week, if you drank the minimum amount of water that you should have, if you went on one run, if you did your job excellently, hell, you just even got out of bed rather than just lying there. You're doing good. And you know what? I know you can do more next week too. Hell, even over this weekend, I know you can do it. And I'm striving to do the exact same thing myself. So, here is to you, my dear listeners. I'm proud of you for all your accomplishments that you've done. And don't worry about those failures. We need to fail. That's how we learn. That's how we survive, progress, and evolve ourselves and collectively as a species. So, here's to you. You keep bettering yourself. And I know this podcast isn't sponsored by anyone at all, other than myself. (laughs) But um, I tell you what, I am just, for years I've been a huge fan of Christian Brothers Brandy, and ooh, that is some good stuff. 
Anyway, my week. The reason why I described my week as being convoluted, I believe is the word that I used, is because there's a lot of mental battles happening within me currently. Uh, primarily provoked by dreams. Uh, convoluted dreams. Vivid dreams. If you know me, you know that almost every single night I can I can come down and be like, man, I had a weird dream last night. Or, yo, I had this dream last night, and it's, it's very detailed. I can remember all sorts of... Th if I wanted to do a dream podcast of all the previous dreams that I've had and can remember still to this day, I could easily... Uh, excuse me, Brandy. I could easily do that. And something that worries me with some of these dreams is that within a lot of my dreams there are the presence of demonic entities whether i can feel them whether they possess me attempt to possess me or attempt to possess someone else whether they just manifest in front of me as of like the past year year and a half or so demons have been plaguing my dreams and i had another one of those a few nights ago and I think I've finally come down to the conclusion that whenever I have these dreams about demons, I think it is a subconscious reminder to my conscious self that, hey, you're angry about something right now, and you're not confronting it, and you're not dealing with it in a healthy way. And while I normally hold on a very tired but collected disposition throughout my entire day, there is always that pattern that I've had throughout my life where I get angry about something, but I never express it. I just keep it inside. And then it builds up until it overflows and, and just unleashes itself onto whomever that person may be in front of me. And generally, they are, you know, a significant other of mine, but or a, a roommate. Luckily, that hasn't happened for a little while now, but yeah, I think I've finally cracked the code as to why those demonic entities have been appearing within my dreams. And as of late, this past week that I've had that dream where that entity plagued the basement of this particular house, uh, I think it's just, I'm just angry about a little bit of life in general how my life has gone, how the current situation of the world is, how I feel almost trapped by having two degrees. And while that's a great accomplishment, at the same time, I feel that it has damned me and my capability, not my capabilities, but my ability in which to be able to get a job. Because either I'm overqualified because of my degrees or I'm underqualified because my degrees do not match specifically of their degree retire uh, requirements. So that's just one segment portion of potential anger within my life. Other than that, that exact same night, um, I suffer from a couple of sleeping disorders, uh, restless leg syndrome and sleep apnea. That restless leg syndrome, however, has also developed into the palms of my hands. And doctors have called that periodic limb movement disorder, which is a stupid, sucky name. You'd think they'd actually have something Latin sounding to it, but no, it's just plain English and it sucks, both in its title and just the symptoms that it is. And while I 
was feeling my right palm of my hand be tickling underneath my skin. And the only way for me to attempt to alleviate that feeling is by moving it or shaking it or just something of that nature. Um, I was in stage one of REM, and so I was slightly delusional and, and hallucinating as the brain does what it does in order to prepare the body and the mind for sleep. And I started thinking about death. And I started thinking about what happens after you die. And I started thinking about the possibility of there is nothing after this. Lights out, you're gone. No chance of the afterlife, no chance of the soul being eternal energy and moving on to something else. Just we're here, we're not. And of course, that thought scares me. And if that thought is correct, however, then that means anything and everything that we do ultimately means nothing. Because to begin with, anything and everything that we do ultimately does mean nothing. Because in about 50 to 100 years, our own personal individual selves is going to be completely forgotten or overlooked just based on how history and, and generations of family forget their elderly. But then that also means that when the sun explodes and it destroys this entire solar system, well, there goes all of human creation unless somehow, some way, we expand beyond our solar system. And if that's the case, then cool, good job, humans, but that's certainly not going to be within any of our lifetimes currently. We're just now debating and may be able to get to Mars and colonize it, which by itself is a very scary thought and idea. But of course, humans are going to do what they need to do in order to survive so that they don't completely damnate themselves, if that's a word. And now I understand and realize that, yeah, these topics are super entirely depressing and dark, but I like to be honest with you because I'm trying to be honest with myself. Those were the thoughts that I was having. They're bleak. They're, they're uh, well, foreboding, certainly. But... At the same time, I think these are thoughts that we all have. And the only thing that I can say about that as far as comfort is that it's only a thought, it's only a theory. And not even I believe or hope that after this is nothing. I may be agnostic, but that doesn't mean that I hope for we're dead and lights out forever, ever after. The only thing that I can say to bring any type of comfort is that if that is the case, we are here and we are alive now, and all that we can do is the best for ourselves so that we can help others, not even people that we know. If we can help people that we know, awesome, but just make sure that you're able to take care of yourself first, because you can't help someone if you can't help yourself. So that has essentially been my week, other than suspecting that the audition that I had, you know, about two weeks ago now, I don't think I made it. And that's okay. Unfortunate, but that's okay. There's still an audition in about two weeks, 15 days, 
and I'm preparing a monologue for that occasion. So let's get on with the rest of the podcast, shall we? The topic that I want to talk about is Twitch, and not just Twitch, but streamers. Streamers in general, the community, and just why we do it. How hard does one have to work in order to be one of those big-time Twitch uh, partners, affiliates, successful streamers? And how much do they make? Is it worth it? And also, do people actually understand it or even find it relevant in this day and age? Especially with the older generations who still live among us. Do they understand it? Do they appreciate it? Do they even understand how and why it has turned up to be? And they find it to actually be an important asset within the community. And before we dive into all of that, and I go potentially ADD, let me read to you our first article. An article which was submitted to me and recommended to me, and after browsing and reading it, I, I can see its relevance. Unfortunately, it was initially found via Facebook, but the link was given to me, but I was told that the Facebook comments that were associated within this uh, Facebook article was something that was rather controversial. So, excuse me. Let me see what I can read and come up with here. So it's by thegamer.com, written by a Justin Reeve, published six days ago. So that would be March 5th. And it says, Ludwig says that streamers are, quote, barely able to survive as humans, end quote, on Twitch. The content creator discusses the ongoing migration to YouTube. So the article says, Ludwig, I recently revealed his thoughts about the ongoing migration from Twitch to YouTube. The streamer explained that certain aspects of the platform allowed content creator to make a much better living for themselves on YouTube. Twitch, on the other hand, provides them with very little support. The news comes from an interview by Colin Samir. The pair sat down with Ludwig, uh, Ludwig to hear about his opinions on the two platforms in particular and the business of streaming more broadly. The content creator had some surprising things to say about his transitions from Twitch to YouTube. Ludwig specifically mentioned the intense workload that he was under at Twitch. Uh, pause right here within the article. I actually went to his stream, uh, his channel rather, on Twitch. He has some million amount of, um, of followers on his Twitch platform. And, um, he, um, what was it? He, he has some millions on there, but he hasn't streamed once in three months. So it's very possible that he has abandoned, uh, Twitch entirely. So, um, 
The content creator mentioned how the long hours which he spent streaming took a toll when it came to the necessities of daily life. Quote, Twitch streamers are like an underbelly, Ludwig said. They're barely able to survive as humans. Half of them Uber eats every single meal. They never pay any of their bills. Taxes are just something they forget about. Which I'm going to say that if they're Uber eating every single meal that they have, then that means that they have more money at their disposal than what is anticipated. Because I cannot imagine having to pay for every single meal being Uber delivered to me, right? Plus, how, what do they mean they never pay any of their bills? So that just implies that every single streamer is living under their parents' roof and having their parents pay for everything. Because I can't imagine being able to stream my little humble channel without having to pay for internet and electricity. Very two essential things needed in order to be able to, I don't know, have a working computer and a working uh, modem and router to connect to the internet in order to be able to stream my content. So I'm, 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 anyway, just what well, I'm just saying. It continues. Ludwig explained that while he was expected to be constantly streaming during his time at Twitch, the content creator was able to let himself go a little bit after he made the migration to YouTube. Quote, as opposed to YouTubers who are well put together, like basically Silicon Valley people to some extent, Twitch streamers will push themselves to go 150, 200, 250, or even 300 hours in a month, Ludwig said. He called this approach to streaming absurd. Which, of course, absolutely. That's more than a full-time job. You know, you're supposed to... Oh, this is a month, so let's see. Four, 40 times 4 is 160. So basically, there are people who are streaming more than a full-time job. More than that. And that's just streaming. That means they're doing nothing about the content which they're creating. No highlight reels, no um, time in order to, like, um, uh, if they want to create, like, a full series, like, a, you know, part one through finish of a particular game that they're playing. No time is being committed to editing those things. They're just literally streaming 150 to 300 hours a month. So yes, agreed. That is absurd. Article continues. Ludwig said that working for Twitch was like putting in several shifts back to back. Quote, it's like working a double work week, just streaming, he said. It's like, when are you doing your laundry, man? The answer is, they're not. Yeah. So, exactly. That's not even just worrying about their content. What about, what about, you know, socializing? What about uh, hanging out with friends and families? Dating, if they even do that. But yeah, laundry, making your bed, doing dishes. And of course, all this could be mitigated if those streamers are just doing nothing but um, living with their parents, and their parents are basically taking care of all of this. But my god, that, like, yeah, when are you doing your laundry? 
uh, continues, last paragraph. This comes in the wake of several hundred employees leaving Twitch over concerns that current executives are failing to understand its community. Quote, the customer was the content creator, said a former employee. If you're not passionate about the product, you're not really looking at it from the customer's lens. And so you don't have the same level of empathy. And I suppose that makes sense as well, because executives they don't care about the community they just care about numbers they just care about profit what can we implement in order to make pr's job a little bit easier and then how can we also turn a profit from it how can we attempt to lure people in so that this is a great and amazing thing that you can do from your home anytime you want and be successful at it but there's about five thousand hurdles in front of you what about that now, I was hoping to be able to comb through some of those Facebook, um, those Facebook comments concerning this article, because I was told that it was really interesting because there are some younger people, um, I suppose like myself, I'm 30, if you consider me a younger person, but there are people, my generation, uh, millennials who understand that, yeah, we can see why and how people make content, make a profit out of it, make a living out of it, and why some of their contributions may actually be rather important, especially to the gaming community. But also keep in mind that Twitch is not just for gamers, as it is very highly believed to be. I mean, generally, yes, most people come to Twitch in order to watch people play video games or what have you. But that's not always the case. There is a plethora of things that people do and stream on Twitch. For example, I mean, my podcast right now, my very basic, simple podcast. Excuse me. There's just an image and you hear my voice. Meanwhile, earlier today, my roommate did her own stream on Twitch. No, it wasn't video games. She was doing her mixology. Uh, a, a hobby which she truly enjoys and wishes to share with people. Not only is it tasty and can be neat to do and fun to do for yourself and your friends, but it can also be affordable as well as equally delicious. There are streamers out there who do art, who do pottery, who do woodwork. And there's also people who just perform there's plenty of dj people out there who just hours on end just do djing and while i don't understand that music i'm not gonna diss it i am not gonna say anything against it talk to me about 12 years ago i probably would have had a lot of negative things to say but you know i'm older now a little bit wiser and you know what you go djs honestly you guys could probably teach me a couple of things but all in all, that goes to show that the generations behind me, the people who are older than me, I've had conversations with uh, my parents, with some of my um, older adult friends, and even my roommate's parents concerning why and how someone would watch someone else play a video game. And we're going to get into that in a moment. This is the next thing that I have uh, come up with this article. This article being a little more specific as to how and 
how much streamers make for their streams. This one comes from streamerfacts.com called How Much Do Twitch Streamers Make in 2022? Small versus Big versus Top Tier. I find it interesting to begin with. This is written by someone by the name of Dean, but they talk about how streamers make money in 2022. When the article came out in May 4th, 2021, that is May 4th, right? March. Oh, that's down. Yeah, look at that. I can do it. May 4th, 2021. They're already talking about 2022. So this is what uh, Dean here has to say. Want to know how much your favorite Twitch streamers makes from broadcasting video games? Or maybe you want to know how much you can make as a smaller streamer. What is your earning potential when joining the platform? Also, I want to pause the article right there. The reason why I'm reading this is because a lot of kids... Nowadays, and even adults, they kind of look at this like, yeah, I can do that. I can make thousands of dollars doing so. And this is how it essentially breaks down and almost kind of lures people into the streaming community and and wanting to be a top-tier streamer because they're like, man, I can just play video games and make a living off of it? Yes, technically you can, but there is a lot of work that goes into it, which we talked about before. And this also explains for the generations which are older than us who don't understand exactly how one does or would make a living off of streaming platforms such as youtube and twitch and uh whomever the hell else is out there hold on oh burp does not want to come up all right we'll just move on so it says, in this article, we'll cover everything you need to know about the salaries of Twitch streamers. We'll look into each tier of streamers from small streamers with less than 100 viewers to streamers with 1,000 average viewers to top-tier streamers like XQC, Ludwig, and Nick Merckx. Uh, streamers who I don't even... Anyway, we'll look what we'll look into what streamers make from subscribers, donations, bits, advertisements, sponsorships, and even outside platforms such as YouTube, where they can earn extra money through advertisements, sponsorships, and affiliate marketing. We'll also cover some of the top-tier broadcasters in the industry and look at exactly how much they make from Twitch. You can use the navigation below to quickly navigate through this article and find the answers you're looking for. In this article, let's see, small, big, top-tier... How do Twitch streamers make money? Uh, so it's kind of funky. So small streamers. A small streamer with 10 average viewers can expect to see around $50 per month on average, while a streamer with 100 average viewers can expect up to $1,500 per month. Now note, this is all in American dollar value, so you're going to have to uh, convert if you are in a different country. Below is a chart of the average viewers of small Twitch streamers based on their average viewers. Keep in mind that the amount is based on subscribers, bits, and advertisements. It does not include income from other sources such as YouTube and sponsorships. So 5 to 10 average viewers, 50 to 200 per month. 20 average viewers, 200, 400 per month. 50 average viewers, 500, 750 per month. And 100 average viewers, 1,000 to 1,500 per month. If you want to learn how much really small streamers with less than 20 viewers make here are a couple of micro streamers that have revealed their earnings from twitch below is uh is a video 
of a small streamer named Quirky Pixel, who revealed how much she makes on Twitch with five average viewers. Uh, in the video, reveals that she made $64.81 in 30 days as a small streamer. During this time, she had an average of five viewership uh, viewers and received 26 subscribers. The majority of the money she received came from the subscribers, $57.55, with a very minimal amount from advertisement, $0.79, cents, and $6.47 from bit donations. Uh, here's the thing, is that you can only then ask or have that money be paid out from your Twitch account only when you get to $100. I haven't even reached $100 yet, and I'm much like her, having an average of about five viewers per stream. Uh, let's see, for a small streamer like Doro44 also revealed how much he made from a Twitch in a single month. The amount was $210 for 10 average viewers. And yet another small one, uh, Pagachu, revealed that he made $484 in a 30-day period from 17 average viewers. He does mention that 315 was made from bit donations, leaving 169 from subscribers and ads. So, I won't go into detail for the rest of them, because you can obviously imagine uh, that it's just going to increase. So, we go to big streamers. Here is the chart for that. 1,000 average viewers is $5,000 per month. 5,000 average viewers is 13,000 per month. And 10,000 average viewers is 30,000 per month. And then, of course, we go to the top tier. Like uh, XQC is a top tier streamer who makes $260,000 United States dollars per month from Twitch. Uh, Nick Merckx makes $235,000 per month, and Ludwig, who was mentioned in the previous article, $180,000 per month from Twitch. So these guys are making big O bucks, and that's just their revenue from Twitch. Um, let's see what their revenue from YouTube is. Uh, Ludwig has an average monthly view of $28 million on YouTube. And he makes an additional $84,000 a month. Uh, XQC, with an average of 48 million views per month, makes an additional 144,000 United States dollars. And there's a couple of other streamers that are on there as well. So like I said, and like the article said from the beginning, is that that's just revenue from Twitch and from YouTube, advertisement revenue, uh, subscriptions, uh, bits, which is, you know, Twitch currency. And that's just from that. That is not sponsorships and um, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, that's not sponsorship or even merch. So that's how they make it. I will read this portion of it. Just so you know, what is, the, how can, like, why would people pay money for this? Uh, one of the biggest chunks of the money Twitch streamers make come from subscribers. Subscribers are people who pay a certain monthly fee, usually $4.99, to gain access to extra content such as streamer emotes. Subscribers come in three different tiers. Tier 1 is $5, $4.99. Tier 2 is $9.99. And tier... Three is fourteen 
$1.99. Most Twitch partners receive 50% of the money generated from subscribers. Twitch takes the other half. So the average streamer makes $2.50 from every subscriber per month. Top-tier streamers make 70% of the money generated from subscribers. Twitch will consider you a top-tier streamer once you consistently stream to over uh, 10,000 viewers. At this point, top-tier streamers make $3.50 from every subscriber per month. Then there's donations and bits. Donations, which I don't feel is the appropriate word. That's what they call it. But uh, it should be tips because these people aren't a charity, so they can't technically consider it donations. It has to be tips. Uh, bits are a built-in way to donate money to your favorite streamer. One bit equals one cent for the streamer. So if you cheered 100 bits, you basically donate $1 to a streamer. As donations are not consistent and streamers do not reveal this data, it's hard to estimate how much a streamer makes from donations. Also note that if you do uh, cheer or uh, give a streamer bits, they just take that money wholesome. So it might actually be better for you to donate bits to a streamer because they take on that entire revenue rather than splitting with Twitch. And then advertisements and sponsors and merchandise. Uh, I will say this, many streamers have, uh, this is from the article, many streamers have their own merch. Obviously, they make money from this as well. For example, Ludwig has a popular Muggle Moves clothing store, which is always sold out. Disguised Toast sells a Disguised Toast plushie on his merch store, Rambo... Ranboo Live has a merch store through Streamlabs, which triggers an alert whenever someone makes a purchase. Most popular streamers will have some sort of way you can support them through merchandise. Even smaller streamers often have merchandise listed in their bio. And just like any other place or any other store which has the ability to offer, you know, unique merchandise that that manufacturer is going to take a split of the profits as well. So it's not always going to be 100% unless that streamer is literally making and shipping out exactly what they're doing. So uh, that's that article. And obviously that goes into um, 2020 right now, even though, again, it was written last year. Final thoughts. Clearly, Twitch streamers make good money. Again, this is back to the article. Even smaller streamers start making a decent amount of money once they reach over 50 consistent viewers. At around 100 plus viewers, you can even consider going full-time and make a decent living from Twitch and other platforms using your audience. Once a streamer reaches around 1,000 plus, they started making some serious money with numbers ranging between 5,000 up to 30,000 per month from Twitch alone. Top tier streamers like Ludwig and XQCs of the world make over 200,000 per month from Twitch and YouTube. If you had any doubts about whether streamers make money, hopefully this article cleared that up for you. I'll finish this article by answering some of the most frequently asked questions about making money on Twitch. Um, how much subscriber? Prime sub, regular sub, per viewer, and it's just uh, stuff that is right there. Of course, if you want to read this article yourself for all the full details, it will be in the description below. So, I read these two articles because something that has come up that I mentioned before is having to explain this to the older generation. Like, why would people watch other people play video games or 
um, do DJing stuff or this or that through these streaming platforms. And something that I mentioned to my roommate's mother is that there are people who can't afford the consoles or the setup or even the video games that they want to play themselves. So something that they do is they watch someone else play because they don't have the capacity to be able to do so themselves. In addition to that, there might be a personality that you just really like to watch. Like someone's extremely funny and they're, uh, and you want to be a part of that environment of, hey, they're making this look so entertaining and I enjoy watching the content which they make. It's no different than, uh, watching a, um, a comedy act act or a, a late night talk show host like yeah you don't have celebrities coming on but it's still the exact type of format it is entertainment it's like uh it's it can also be like a television show or a soap opera or even a reality tv show they have a certain setup and they're just trying to entertain live i mind you so it is something along those lines. It's just instead of having a live studio audience in front of them with this dramatic budget, they have a virtual audience still consisting of real people of them trying to be entertaining. And instead of just having guests and people in which to interview, they're playing a video game that either people are there for the sake of the video game, for the combination of the streamer and the fact that they are playing this specific video game, or if they're just there for the streamer because they just truly love their personality and what they have to offer. Like, I would never watch Jimmy Kimmel, but I'll watch the crap out of Craig Ferguson, Conan O'Brien, Stephen Colbert. Absolutely. But that's just how I prefer my late night talk show hosts it's the exact same thing and just like those hosts they have sponsors they have ad revenue that the network takes advantage of in order to be able to fund what they do exact same thing here they have sponsorships if they get enough popularity they get advertisement revenue not much i can guarantee you that but at least it's something and they get direct support from their audience through tips and through subscriptions. So that's how and why. And for some reason, that still doesn't click through like, well, how is this possible? Well, how's the NFL still possible? How is baseball still possible? All through sponsorship, advertisement revenue, merchandise. And unfortunately, you can't purchase food through the streams, <laughs> through the streamers, but you can support them if they get a sponsorship, which has, you know, food shipped to you like Blue Apron or um, uh, one of our one of our streamer friends actually has a sponsor where it's a food thing. So that's how it's done. If you have a parent or a older friend who does not understand this, uh, have them listen to this podcast, have them read those articles so that it makes sense. Yeah. The content is primarily video games, but video games are a growing and has been a growing industry for years now. 
and it has kind of reached a bit of a plateau. And especially with streamers now being involved with the video game industry, especially speedrunners, my god. It's, that's how it's done. Uh, that's how this community of streamers has grown. And it actually began all the way back on YouTube. Uh, Angry Video Game Nerve. Uh, he kind of set the platform of recording video games and posting them to YouTube. And it was so, quote-unquote, prehistoric, even though it wasn't too long ago. He uh, would actually just literally set up a camera on a tripod pointing at the TV, and then recording it for his gameplay footage, video and audio. Look how far we've come now with, um, with video capture cards, with Elgato, with microphones, with uh, cameras. It's, it has expanded so much. And now it's kind of inundated, both on Twitch and on YouTube, of content creators and video game creators. So you have... Instead of just like half a dozen people or so being late night talk show hosts, now you have thousands, tens of thousands of hosts in which to pick from for you to support. If you want. Entirely up to you. Anyway, that's all I have for this stream. I hope that helps you be able to explain to an older relative or friend how and why people can and do make a successful living on these streaming platforms and by playing video games. The only thing that I may or may not agree with or disagree with those older individuals is how are they going to retire? How are they going to, you know, like set themselves up? Well, if you're anything like XQC making, you know, over $250,000 a month, I'm pretty sure he has a very healthy retirement fund going on. At that point, your debts are paid off. You have mo way more money to yourself than you would want. So I'm sure he is wisely investing what money he can for a retirement fund. Hell, I even think... You know, one of the top YouTubers, Markiplier, I'm sure he invested his retirement fund already. Same thing with PewDiePie. He can retire anytime he wants. In fact, I think he has, he's so well set that he has limited his uploading schedule and what he does on YouTube just because he doesn't need to anymore. He's, how old is PewDiePie? Let me see. Let me see. Let's see. How old is... PewDiePie. He's 32 years old. He was born in 1989. He can retire already. So, yeah. As of 2022, PewDiePie's net worth is estimated to be $40 million. If I had $40 million, I'd be considering retirement too. <laughs> so, there you go. If you are... Uh, if you are striving to be a streamer, best of luck to you. Uh, I'm right there with you. Uh, but I'm not doing it for the money. If success comes from it, awesome. But I'm just doing it just because I enjoy the art of streaming. And just it gives me a reason to play and complete these video games while still being productive in some manner. So 
With that said, thank you for watching. This has been the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast, uh, podcast hosted by me, Frank Padur. If you want to send an email, a topic, uh, suggested topic, articles of interest, just want to say hello, email the podcast at fsofpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, this podcast is found on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So be sure to check that out. And also say hello to me on on stream when I stream some video games on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash plays is where you'll find me. So thank you again. Take care of yourselves. Get some rest. You deserve it. And until next time, au revoir.